Welcome to Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions with hosts Shannon Reynolds of Visionary Creative Concepts and Branding and Jared L. White, the man behind the creative brand Tim K. Unlimited. Together, they are the co-creators of the Not Your Enemy Collections. The Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions are a forum to continue conversations amongst Black artists, creatives, and cultivators. We are excited for you to join our conversation. This is Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Not Your Enemy Speak Out Session. This is your girl, Shannon. I'm here with the amazing Mr. Jared L. White. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm excited for today. We have another amazing guest for us today. Um, so another Temple alum, we clearly have a trend going on here. Temple is... Yeah, because all the fly people came from Temple. All the smart ones came from Temple. You know, they they try to act like we didn't, but we they know what it is. Mm. <laughs> so he is the founder of the nonprofit Thanksgiving that focuses on um, social and economic development. He is a youth and financial literacy advocate, a social entrepreneur, the one and only Mr. Christopher Banks. But I'm fun. Hey, thanks for having me, you guys. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on the, the show. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Like, we really appreciate this, and we respect all that you're doing for the community. So thank you so much. Right. I just want to say, there is something special about Chris, because this is what I do with everybody. I don't even remember the first class we had together. I don't. But we had a couple. And you're just, your vibe is right. So I feel like you've always been a genuine, a genuine person. So I just appreciate you coming on today. Nah, I, I I appreciate that, and you always certainly uh, show 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 me love and and uh, you know good spirits and things like that uh, as well. So it was it was nothing once you asked or extended the hand out, you know, to come on the show. Thank you so much. So we're gonna get down to it. Everybody gets the same first question: How has the current social climate impacted you, either professionally, personally? Yeah. Um, I think it's a few ways. I would say uh, from the social climate professionally, I think that it has at least put a lot of organizations who are typically ran by white white people. I think it has uh, put them in positions to feel like they need to do more. Uh, and whether that's more from a financial aspect or more to opening their eyes, more to understanding different people's views and what they go through. I think that that is the I guess the positive and the negative. Um, I think that personally, I think that it probably has driven some friends or some long lifelong colleagues towards different sides of the aisle. And, you know, that's hurtful as well, you know, because whether it was white person, Spanish person, whatever it is, um, seeing how they really feel about things and the things that they're willing to overstep or, or, or not notice is like, yo, like, me and you homies like how do you how does that not affect you too and you know that those people look like me or that could have been me or so forth so I, th I think it's had a lot of uh impacts in varying degrees has that affected any of your relationships that that last bit of what you talked about because you know sometimes me i've worked in corporate america now for 10 years and i've had of so many white colleagues and white friends and people who aren't black in my circle and, and i've had to question that you know has that affected any of your relationships Maybe on their end, I think I think from my end, uh, a lot of these things I felt like I, I I've known at, at least certainly it's been some surprises with with friends throughout throughout friends throughout throughout this time. I know that even when you get into dialogue on 
I don't know how often y'all use Facebook. I, I, I actually still like Facebook. So yeah. um, <laughs> on Facebook, you know, you find friends from, you know, high school and middle school and so, and so forth. And depending on how diverse your background is, they could be white people or whatever. So a lot of friends were like, yo, I played football with you since we was 11 years old. Yeah. Why are you talking like this now? So I've had a few friends block me because of my views, because I'm also the person that if you're saying something crazy on your page, I will go there and essentially check you in front of your base, you know, and, and people don't typically like that. So I've had friends block me and uh, I don't know where that goes from there. I haven't seen them, you know, right. since, but it's tough. It, 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 it's tough. But I also think that for some people who aren't as outspoken for the better or for worse, it has created a platform where everyone feels free to say how they feel. And ultimately maybe that works out for everybody. True. Man, that's a word. Because honestly, the same thing happened to me. I had to, I had to block a couple people. I right. I got into confrontations on 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 Facebook, which I always think is interesting. But yeah, some boundaries are definitely being set in and where we are now. Yeah. Right. So let's hop into um, Thanksgiving because you know I'm all about financial literacy, like in my yeah. older years, and you know I want to I want you to talk about everything that that's going on with that. Certainly. So uh, a little background. So the Thanksgiving company is a company that I started in 2016. And really, it came from just um, a genuine place in my heart where I felt like as an adult, much like yourself, I was learning a lot of things that I felt like I should have known before. So at the time when I was, uh, uh, as Jared said, you know, in the corporate world, and uh, there was a lot of things I was learning about. And a lot of people was like, wait, you went to college, like your, your, your teachers didn't tell you this. Your parents didn't tell you this. And I'm like, well, no, when? Like, you know, didn't understand what 401ks were, didn't understand uh, the stock market. I thought that to get into the stock market, you needed $30,000 just to mm -hmm. just to walk in the front door. And it was a lot of things that are much more uh, elementary financial, um, elementary from a financial perspective before then that was just like, yo, I don't, if I think that I wanted to, the bright ones of my neighborhood, of my family, or so to speak, if I don't know this, imagine how many other people don't know this. And so I found the need um, that, you know, people where I'm from in Philadelphia and started off in North Philadelphia. These kids don't know this. How much more powerful would I have been? How much powerful would they be if at 13, 16, whatever age that was, if they were able to understand some of these financial practices? And so I started it. It ended up being, uh, I'm sorry, it started off being quarterly seminars where we would just talk about a subject. And just try to break that down. Like, uh, then it started to be monthly. Then we started to get school district contracts and outside organizations, and it and it, it ends up ended up being something pretty 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 good. I would say one of the things that I learned throughout it, and I think a lot of uh, Black folks uh, do this. Like, you know, we start nonprofits to create spaces that aren't already there, but not understanding that a nonprofit is a business as well. Mm -hmm. So certainly for me, it was like, wait, so like. I still got to pay for this room reservation or like people ain't just going to be giving me money, you right. know? So then those things started to change when it was like, you had to actually create a business plan and understand how you were going to uh, annually create uh, income and, and revenue to, to even pay for those things. Like, you know, it's only so far you just ask for donations and certainly donations are a big part of it, but you also have to have a business model as well. So I would say, probably took me probably about a year or so just to understand that but I, I often think that I I can see why a lot of nonprofits fail not fully understanding 
how that world works. Right. Can you um, expand a little bit on the importance of, because I know, I know you, you talked, touched on it, but just the importance of financial literacy within our community, especially learning earlier, because, you know, now I feel like we all have access to like social media and we're all seeing these things, but I still feel like we're not taking as much of advantage of it and we're still not really applying it to our lives. Like you just talked about how important it is. Well, it's super important because if you talk to anybody of any age, child, adult, we all have goals, ideas, whatever it is that's stemming around money. Now, that's not to say that money is the number one driver, but certainly everything costs, right? It's not a lot of things that are free. Even if you just want to live comfortable, it costs, you know, like, like, like nothing is free. So I say that to say, understanding where your money is coming in from, where your money is going out, how to plan to get there, just at a basic level, understanding how to budget and knowing, again, your income and your expenses is major that I think that you can start teaching kids as soon as they start to count. One of the things, one of the ways that I also noticed that as well was my daughter starting off very young. She was doing some of this stuff. Now, certainly I could put all my energy into her and I will, but it would be much more powerful if I could reach hundreds of thousands of others. So I do think that with technology, I want to, and, and again, I'm, I'm in that world, so I probably see it a little differently, but I want to think that people are more aware now, 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 nowadays. Uh, I'm not sure how, how, how they're actually, actually putting it into practice, everybody, but I think that we at least know. I say that for a lot of my, like literally when I got into that, those boardrooms and things, and I was talking to people, I literally didn't know. And at that time, I was about 23. Like, I literally, like, you know, because, tip, and, and definitely growing up in Philadelphia, I think the plan was like, you graduate high school. If you graduate high school, you go to college. You go to college, you get an internship. After your internship, you beg them to get a job. They're going to start you at 30, 40,000, you know. I, I, I don't know. You'll reach maybe you'll reach six figures at a certain time when you're 55, 60, you retire, and then right. you can start doing fun things. Right. You know, like that was like kind of like my projection of like life and what success meant. And that changed when I started to see that other people didn't look at it like that. Right. So, do you think it's important, or do you agree? Because I feel like I've just learned you have to have multiple streams of income. You can't rely on just one stream of income, because what if that what if that goes away? I mean, mm -hmm. we're in a pandemic now. A lot of people have lost a stream of income, and now they're they don't know what to do. So you ask me, you ask me, is it important? What, what, what was yeah. The do you do you agree that you need to have multiple streams of income? What is yeah, it? Oh, and there's no the doubt. power of that. Yeah. Um, well, certainly, I think you need to do it. One because the books that I said to these millionaires. Yeah. They, they be doing it. Um, the other side is that you really do feel it in things like this. Now, certainly we are in a time that we've never seen before in our life and maybe hopefully won't ever see again. But I think it hit a lot of people. I was like, oh, you know, I need to have to be doing something. One of the things I tell some of the young people in my program, excuse me, is like this is probably like some of the best times, one being young and certainly in the pandemic. To try, to, to try new things or just to hustle, just to do something, right? So that could start from whatever it is that you like. You know, most kids start with like a t-shirt line or something like that. Like whatever it is, find a need, you know, and um, through my organization, I had eight young women 
uh, this past month and they created hand sanitizers and masks, right? Like that was perfect, right? We found the need, we found the market and they created it themselves, right? Understanding from scratch how to make hand sanitizer, how to bottle it up, how to, uh, the packaging, all of that, right? So these, most of them, I say on average, they're about 15 years old. I think that things like that, by the time they're 19, 20, 23, right. they're going to be millionaires because they already have it logically in their head that like, I understand what works, I understand what doesn't work. I know how to make some extra money for myself. I'm going to always have a hustle. I'm going to always get a different, um, different stream of income. Um, but, 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 but to your point, as adults, certainly, you know, as you said, Shannon, you know, you have a child, like losing one stream of income can throw you off, you know? Right. So if that's your only thing, that's like, it's not even fair to my child for me to, you know, be this age and wanting him or her to have a certain life. And I put myself in a position where if I make one false move, their whole life is messed up. Even if I can survive off that, that's not fair to them. And so certainly it matters a whole lot, but it also is step by step. Like, so like, I'm not the person that's like, everybody should be doing this. I'm just, I think that we also notice that we have more time on our hands than we think. And these things can happen. Right. Are there any like do's and don'ts to the multiple incomes? Because I, I, listen, I want to see all the YouTube videos where they're like, go on, do it via Amazon affiliate and, you know, start a blog. You know, they want you to make books and stuff. Like, are there any like do's and don'ts or, you know, routes that people should be taking when they want to get on that path to multiple income streams? Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm the best person for, for that for, for that for that question. I don't look at myself as you know the financial guru of the world. Mm -hmm. In fact, in fact, part of the reason why I think that my program has done so well, definitely from a seminar aspect, is that I bring in other people who typically look like me, who are business owners and executives within their organizations, and say, "Hey, Jared, you know I know how to do my taxes, but if you work in taxes every day and you're an accountant." Why don't you come in for a half hour and talk about it from your perspective? Yeah. Or Shannon, if you are a fashion designer, all these kids like fashion, but let's talk about the economic or the financial impacts and how they can actually get get into that now. So I say that like I, you know, I don't get up there like, listen, I said this, y'all better do that. This is the way to get 10 right. million. Um, but I do understand that there are just some basic aspects, and I always say that that starts with a budget, and really a budget is just a plan, just understanding what's coming in, what's going out, and you know, creating space where if one thing falls off, you at least can prepare for it, as opposed to, I think a lot of people, we aren't prepared for those unforeseen emergencies and happenings, and that really is what sets us back, especially as Black people who are already behind the economic back. Uh, Hard, economic hardships for since the beginning of right. America, at least. Yeah. So I guess my question is, I think I saw this. I don't know if it was a podcast. Again, I think it was Facebook. I don't remember what platform it was on, but you were talking about basically um, we kind of keep selling the dream of only certain ways to gain income. So whether or be a millionaire, whether it be sports or rap, and we don't kind of give children and youth the avenue or avenues other than that to make it big. Like you have to be a rapper, you have to be an athlete. And that's the one track we said. And I think you said we need to kind of do better um, when we're kind of are telling our children of ways to be successful. Um, can you just talk about that? I don't remember what you said. It was really eloquent, better than I said it, but. Yeah, so I, I think, so I, I, to put myself in their shoes, right? So I started playing football when I was like, probably seven or eight years old, which I think a lot of uh, 
black males in an urban environments start to do, whether it's basketball, football, boxing, whatever that is. Um, and all my life, I thought that that was going to be my ticket. So going into high school, going into college was like, yeah, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do this. But like football is going to be what opens the door. Right. My parents, you know, I'm my mom didn't go to college. My stepfather didn't go to college. My dad didn't go to college. Um, so all of that was um, was new to them. So they like, yeah, the people making money. Yeah, keep playing football. You're kind of good. Um, so. I could go into a long story about that, but basically if the average, the way I look at it, if the average kid starts to play football around seven to eight years old, before you actually can even get an income, it's probably, you know, 21, 22 years old or so. So you spend 14 or 15 years dedicated to a career. I happen to believe that, but before you can make a dollar, I happen to believe that if, the, if we started teaching these kids about business, finance, entrepreneurship at seven, eight years old, and now they got 14 years of doing that, like, I'm, I'm not surprised if that kid creates Apple, if that cre- kid creates Amazon, if that kid creates Tesla, whatever it is, because all of their life, they've been trained to think about different aspects of business, people and how to, and how to raise money. But I, but but I think uh, to, to your original point, Shannon, or, or the question that you were trying to ask is that I think certainly in our communities, we put a lot of emphasis on sports, but not even understanding that that probability is very small. I haven't looked at it in. in in a long time, but I think that like the percentage of either pl- making it to the NBA or NFL is like one in like 10,000 or something like that. And so I tell kids like, listen, imagine if it was 10,000 French fries on the table and I told you, you could get one, right? <laughs> like, like that one French fry is your percentage or your chance that you can be Wait, not just be in the NFL let, let, or NBA, not even talking about it being LeBron James, not even talking about creating a 15-year career or so. And so let's be clear. I think the sports is a tremendous avenue that can open doors. Because even for me, it opened doors in football and in track and ran track at Temple. And it certainly opened up doors. But I think a lot of times we put that as our number one and then forgetting some of the basic things that are actually going to keep us around longer. Facts. Um, you know, you, you talked a lot about, you know, of course, your organization is about helping the youth. You talked a lot about your daughter. Um, what, what is the legacy you want to leave behind for your daughter? Um, legacy? Legacy for me or legacy for her? For her. Um, well, I, I, I certainly look at her. I want her to be someone who has a lot of different options about where she can take her career. Um, I also want to alleviate a lot of that stress by being able to have things already planned out or paid for from her. So certainly I if she doesn't get a scholarship, I want to be financially prepared to pay for whatever school or college that she chooses. Um, I want to be financially prepared to have her housing situated. Um, And uh, and I I guess a a number of other things that certainly uh, people of other races sometimes have to their advantage or, you know, to start from understanding how, like, you know, we, we talk about the student loan crisis, like if we didn't have student loans, you know, where would we be? Like, we, you know, how, how much the student loans, among other things, stop people from home ownership? Um, so the reason why that's, I guess the age used to be 30, now it's probably uh, further, is like, because <clears throat> your first seven, eight years, you know, you're trying to get credit, you're trying to pay off these loans, you know, and you're still not paid, but you pay them off uh, 
at least to a respectable point where now, you know, your credit is, is OK. Um, so, you know, I want to be able to give her that advantage that I see a lot of white people uh, have for their kids and right. stuff. Right. So that and, and and it's funny because I saw someone on the, the Internet the other day that was like, um, you know, like in our society. And I, I would say I've been a part of that, too. It's like, you know, we kind of shun people for getting head starts or their parents giving them that and this. And it's like, dog. That's my dream for her. If they yeah. like, yo, well, you got that from your dad. He'd be like, yo, well, I got a good dad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Instead right. of acting like that's some type of disadvantage or that should be, you know, you should look down on somebody for getting help. Because I think we all would like to get that help. Now, that's not to say that you don't have a certain amount of uh, confidence and esteem when you've done everything yourself or when you've done it from the muscle. But it's like, it took me a lot, lot of years to get where I'm at, you, you know? Right. Uh, and I'm still not there where I want to be. So it's like, if I could have shaved off five or 10, I would certainly like to do that for my daughter. Right. I feel like that's anybody. Like, I feel like that's yeah. anybody. Like, I, I'll take I'll take some help. I'll take some assistance. Right. I feel like we got to <laughs> take, take it all. I'll take it all. But I feel like that comes right. with age and wisdom and seeing mm-hmm. and being in different environments where you see what that could do for you. Um, because... You know, some we all need a little help every now and then. Right. So, right. Going off that, maybe you answered that because I feel like that was a two in one. Do you have just like what do you want your legacy or what do you want the Thanksgiving legacy to be? Yeah. So I feel like, well, one, I think that the beauty in starting anything is not only just that organization, but the platforms that can come uh, from that. So I would certainly say that. Um, I think that my life was going to head wherever it was going to head anyway. But certainly once I got into the business of, you know, being an entrepreneur and starting something from scratch, it opened up more doors and it allowed me to meet people that I probably wouldn't have met until I was 40 or 50 or something like that. And and being around those people create more ideas and more businesses and things like that. So my legacy, I just want to, one, I want to be able to, for people to understand like, yo, this is somebody that came from the hood, came back to the hood, you know, helped people, didn't stun on nobody. Um, also remain true to himself, you know? So I tell people, even to my whitest of white friends, like, yo, like, you know, like I, I got a lot of white friends, but like, yo, you know, I'm black, right? Like, like black, black, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, let's be clear about that. But also let my homies know like, yo, I got some white friends too. You know, so I always remain true, true to myself and, and, and even trying to create businesses now that can help everybody. Uh, like I said, certainly I'm black first. Certainly that matters to me first. Um, but also, you know, when we talk about business and finance and wealth, creating something that everybody can use is OK. You know, right. like, you know, you don't have to just, you know, limit yourself to providing for this group or that group, though. Certainly you should make sure that, that, that they aren't excluded. And right. certainly that you take care of your people first. So my legacy, you know, I, I, you know, I think Thanksgiving is going to be around for a while. And whether I'm the one running that or not, I think that I've created a, a system or a platform that it could continue even without me. And I actually and actually I think that that's the way of looking at good leaders in successful businesses is that when I step away, that it could still run the same way, if not better. Right. But I created it. And hey, Shannon, if you better at it than me and my heart or my desires is somewhere else, then you take it. Um, yeah. All right. This sounds like you're over here creating generational wealth. And that's what we are right. talking about. That's, yeah, that's really what it is. 
<clears throat> All right. So what what are you up to lately? I mean, I just want to make sure that we give you the platform to kind of say what your projects are. You are an entrepreneur. So what's going on with you? Yeah. yeah so we, we can just stick to Thanksgiving. Um, so typically this year, this week would have been our annual fundraiser that we typically had in person. Uh, clearly, unfortunately, we won't be doing that because of, you know, the virus and things going on. Um, so trying to figure out, you know, creative ways that we could still uh, generate generate money. Like I said, we just finished up uh, entrepreneurship program. It was a seven week program with um, junior achievement and uh, about, you know, teaching. Well, one. So with the class, we actually went over all the steps to become an entrepreneur and actually gave them the platform and the money and the backing to whatever business that you guys wanted to create. Here it is. They decided on mask and hand sanitizer. So we're going to do that again in January. We're also about to start a Thanksgiving book club one uh, for, for young adults, high schoolers. Right. And so that, again, is because I didn't notice until I was older the power of reading, the power of letting your mind get outside of your element and your neighborhood and just continually to um, educate yourself. I happen to think that if you if you aren't reading continuously and you aren't uh, involved in some level of uh, mental health or therapy, um, I, I really don't know how much you're actually growing outside of just living life. Like certainly life is going to teach you some lessons, right? But it's like, how do you jump in front of that if you aren't able to learn different things about yourself and others? Um, so those are the two main things. So we got another entrepreneurship program coming up as well as the Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving book club. Um, all of this is typically on our Instagram page, which is at Thanksgiving company, uh, our website, www.banksgiving.org. Um, and you know, hopefully, you know, throughout this time too, some, some other cool creations are there. I really do want to set the platform that I see much more. Uh, young black and brown millionaires or even just successful people because success can mean anything and uh, typically people always go to a million dollars and I, I talk to students all that all the time I'm like yo but like if you made four hundred thousand dollars a year you think you'd be mad like do you know how much money that is like right. you know you know what I mean? like you ask somebody how much money they'd be like i want to make a million like oh, that's cute like and that's cool but like right. you know four hundred thousand is a lot too right, right. two hundred thousand is a lot you yeah. know what i mean yeah so um but yeah, but I, but, but I certainly want to keep creating that platform and reaching these hundreds of kids throughout the year that in five years or 10 years or so, again, it's a lot more uh, financially savvy black and brown men and women uh, throughout the city that hopefully came from my program or at least my program helped spark the idea. So two questions. Um, mm -hmm. If Is it just limited to Philadelphia or have you kind of gone virtual because of the pandemic where someone could join the webinar? Or sessions. Yeah, yeah. So we we've run virtual. So like for instance, like these last group that I had, these eight girls, I've never met these 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 women in, in person. Okay. Um. So the and, and so here's the thing. So the program was set in place before the pandemic, right? But you know, ended up doing it during the pandemic and having to change some things. So that mm -hmm. had its own uh, hardships as well. But I've actually never met any any of these young women. We were able to still do things and ship things off, and because that's just the way of the world, you know. I think that. Um, Despite where this pandemic goes, this Zoom, uh, mm -hmm. this online teaching, these pods of kids in school and things like that, I think they're going to be around for a while. And, you know, there also is going to be a group of people who 
don't even feel comfortable sending their kids back outside for right. a long time. Right. Um, I certainly um, go back and forth about that myself. So, um, yes, uh, but, to, but to your point, uh, it has helped us expand into other cities, okay. um, which was always on the goal, was all, was all, was all, which was always one of the goals, but was a little harder to uh, enact originally, but now you know, it's helping us. Perfect. And then if people want to donate, yeah. um, where is the best place? Is there specific projects? I mean, I know you said the hand sanitizers they can donate to. Can they donate to Thanksgiving at all? Just give us the lay down right now. Well, here's the thing. The hand sanitizers they can buy. They don't got to donate. Right? Yep. You can buy it and, you know, we'll, 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 get, we'll get that over to you. Hand sanitizers and, um, and, face, and, face, and face masks. And um, they can but buy donation- that- Thanksgiving.com or do they go to the, the Thanksgiving, Bank, yep, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving.org actually Thanksgiving.org slash YWE that's Young Women's Entrepreneurs is what the YWE stands for but if you go to Thanksgiving.org and just hit the donate tab then you can put in your PayPal or credit card or however that is and you know you could you know just put in whatever donation that you see fit um, certainly we're always looking at partnering with other organizations one thing that I have learned is that you know getting with others, again, it helps you get there faster, right? So using your platform, using my platform and how we can come together in sync to help both of our missions is really is really the goal. And there's so many organizations out here essentially that are doing some of the same things or things that could be aligned, right. but we're always in competition with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, listen, it's a space for all of us to eat. You know, right. like, let's just, let's get that, let's, let's get together and let's come up with a plan and let's see how everybody could win. So that, that's certainly always something that's been on my, on my board of things to do as well. So, this, yeah, this is amazing. Um, thank you so much for all the gems you dropped today. Um, I think, you know, financial literacy for me personally has become such an important um, facet that I'm trying to grow and get more knowledge in. So I appreciate you coming on. You know, I appreciate Thanksgiving for all that it is no doing, all that it will do. Um, in the future. So thank you for coming on to our yeah. podcast. Thank you so much. Thank we appreciate you. Man. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Jared. I uh, wish the podcast the best. I'm interested in seeing what you guys do after this uh, moving forward. I think that it is definitely some power in, again, creating these spaces for people to be able to show whatever it is that 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 they're doing and certainly some of the positives. And if that's positive Black people, I certainly support it. And we need more things like this because we haven't always had these platforms. So continue doing what y'all doing. And you certainly have, have, have my best wishes. Thank you so much. This is another episode of Not Your Enemy Speakout Sessions. See you later, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Not Your Enemy Speakout Sessions. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at VisionaryCCB and who is Tim K. Interested in purchasing apparel? Visit visionaryccbstore.com. Until next time, step out, step in, and step up.